You are listening to The Things That Matter, and I am your host, Hannah Lee. Welcome to Episode 5, The Little Stakeholder, Part 2. Welcome back for another episode. It seems like when we are having fun, time just flies right on by. And in this episode, I would like to continue the conversation surrounding getting buy-in from children who are hesitant to accept the idea of homeschooling. During my last episode, we had the privilege of hearing from a special guest, Tanya, as she shared some of the ways that she personally gained buy-in from her own children. Today, I would like to share a few things that I have learned along the way, along with some of the experiences that I've had with the process of getting buy-in from my own children. So stay with me as I try to cover a lot of ground in this episode. My children had very mixed emotions about the idea of homeschooling. There was definitely a lot of trepidation surrounding the topic. And at first, my 10-year-old was completely on board. That was until he heard his sister's reasons against the idea. Everyone who knows me very well knows that I love a good list. I love processes and calendars too, but we'll focus on the list aspect for the purpose of today's topic. I make a grocery list each week, a cleaning list, um, a task list for work, and of course, packing lists when we are preparing for a trip. If Santa Claus existed, I would sign up quickly to help with the job of his list making. So to help me with figuring out how to get buy-in from my kids, I put a process in place. It is no surprise that I asked them to make a list of what they liked about going to school outside of the home and a list of what they did not like. After reviewing their lists, we then agreed as a family, there would be a trial run of one year minimum. That did not set well at first. They believed that if after the first week they decided they didn't like it, then that was that, and we would scratch the homeschool idea. So I explained to them that they had never been homeschooled. They could not unequivocally say that they would not like it. And one week would definitely not be a good trial period. I mean, it's kind of like when a three-year-old says, I do not like broccoli. It is gross. I am never eating it. And just about every parent, including myself, would respond with, just try it. You can't say you don't like it without tasting it. Just try it. You might think it's yummy. And so that's the approach I took with my kids when it came to homeschooling. My plan was to revisit the topic after we had been homeschooling for about three months. 
But as life would have it, and I often mention life will take you for a ride, we ended up in a very interesting situation. Only a few weeks into homeschooling, my mother, who lives out of state, was diagnosed with cancer. It was considered early stage, but of course, I wanted to go and be with her and my dad and my siblings as she began this journey of chemotherapy infusions and everything else that that entailed. My children needed to be with her as well, so that as they came to grips with the reality of their Nana's battle, it would be easier for them to manage that reality. And so, only a month into homeschooling, we packed up our laptops and traveled to be with her. What happened was something that ended up being beneficial for myself, having just made such a big decision to stay home full-time with my kids while working and homeschooling. I discovered just how wonderful homeschooling truly is when it comes to having the flexibility to just up and go. However, my children needed more structure and routine as they were still adjusting. Once we were back home and in a routine, I asked them to make a list of things they liked about homeschooling so far and what they were not liking at all. So again, I waited. We came back home after being with my mom for about a month and a half. We came back home and then I waited another couple of months before I asked my children to make this list regarding how they felt about homeschooling. This proved to be the best method of figuring out our next steps. Now, I am someone who tends to mix structure with flexibility, which works to a certain extent. For example, When we first began homeschooling, I told my kids, you will get up at 8.30 in the morning. You will get dressed and ready, which includes putting your shoes on. We will begin with devotion. But then after that, you can choose where you want to sit and what order you would like to complete your school subjects in. So I had a structure in mind but I was also flexible. However, I quickly realized that wasn't going to work if I wanted buy-in. Just as it was mentioned in part one of this topic, sometimes it helps if the children are given some decision-making abilities. Not all, of course, but some. So we discussed, and I agreed, they would not have to put their shoes on but they did have to get up and get dressed and ready for the day. Now that may seem like a very small ask from them, but for them it was big. They did not want to have to wear their shoes. And so that was something that I could easily bend on and allowed them to make that decision. I recognize that a lot of my mindset when it comes to homeschooling and the structure of it comes from my own homeschool experience growing up because once again, I was a homeschooled child. 
My mother was always very intentional about making sure that we were not lazy about our education or life in general, for that matter. Getting up and ready is kind of like warming up for a good game or exercise routine. It almost always makes the day better. Now, no offense to anyone listening who might hold PJ school days dearly. There is definitely some room for that at my house, too. At this point, some of you might be wondering what my children's lists looked like for the pros and cons of both school outside of the home and homeschooling. This is where I found it to be so interesting. The only pros of school outside of the home were field trips and being with other kids in the classroom. The list of cons was very lengthy and included things like bullies, no hot lunch, teachers playing favorites, homework, uniforms, and so on. So I tackled the easy one first, which was field trips. They did not want to miss out on field trips. That was the easiest thing to tackle. We joined a few homeschool groups and voila, we have field trips. Another thing that my children missed being a part of was organized PE, which I found comical but tried not to laugh as I searched for an alternative. What I found out is that Arizona is blessed to have a nonprofit organization that hosts weekly PE classes at local parks for homeschoolers. I quickly signed my kids up. It is worth the monthly minimal fee that they charge, and my kids love it. If you are interested in finding out if there is such a thing in the area that you are listening from, please reach out to me. As for having other kids with them in the classroom, that one is a bit more difficult for obvious reasons. Evidently, according to my children, a sibling does not count as a classmate. So to help with this, we are exploring co-op options. Now, at this point in the school year, it's a little late to join a co-op, and so we recognize that that is going to be something that we definitely look into for the next school year. The list for homeschooling has been just as interesting and fascinating and actually surprised me. My 13-year-old especially continues to miss having peers in the classroom, and so once again, that co-op option is going to be something that we definitely become a part of. In the meantime, there's community orchestra and summer college classes that should help with that a bit. And so again, really doing your research and finding finding ways to help with some of the trepidation can again get some more of their buy-in. My 10-year-old, on the other hand, loves being homeschooled and has fully embraced it, which I am grateful for. As far as the list of things they like about homeschooling, it far outweighs what they dislike. Just the other day, as we were on our way home from an outing, my daughter looked over at me and she said, 
do you know what is so awesome about homeschooling? I looked at her and I said, what? And she said, well, when I'm hungry, I can just go to the kitchen and get a snack. And then my son spoke up and he said, yes. And if I need to use the restroom, I do not have to raise my hand and wait for a pass. Now, things like that may seem so small, but trust me, they are big wins when it comes to getting buy-in from kids who are adjusting to homeschool. And so we celebrate in my house, we celebrate those little wins. Now, the fact that home economics class for me consists of cleaning a kitchen, bathrooms, making beds, that's not making the top of their pros list, but... I promise one day that will be a win at some point in the future. I hope that I have been able to once again inform and encourage some of you through sharing more of what I've experienced in getting buy-in from hesitant homeschoolers, and I'm sure that I will have updates in the future. As always, please do not hesitate to reach out to me with questions, show ideas, and feedback. My contact information is in the show description. That includes an email address and a way to call in and leave me a message. Until next time, stay calm and be blessed.